Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. At the outset of, of my message tonight, I want to, to share with you that this is one of the most profound messages I have ever ministered in all of the years that I have been in ministry. I have enjoyed teaching on this very subject, and I have taught this message in various places in the United States and in Cyprus where I was invited, but I don't think I have ever ministered this message on our GoToMeeting platform. So I'm very excited to share this with you tonight, and I pray that this will be a very special blessing to your heart. The title of my message is Greatness in Every Believer. Greatness in Every Believer. And I would like to take two Sundays, that is today and next Sunday, and teach on this subject of greatness. And the purpose of this teaching is to help us understand God's definition of true greatness, as well as the process that God takes us through in order to release the greatness which He has deposited within us. And this greatness that we are referring to here is not our own greatness, but the Lord's greatness in us, which seeks to express Himself through us as we walk by faith, releasing this very treasure which God deposited in us when we got born again through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, and I'm reading from the New King James translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. I'm going to read this verse of Scripture again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The treasure Paul is referring to here is none other than the risen and glorified Christ. Paul, writing to the Colossians, confirms this as we read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ, embedded within us, becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. Notice what the Spirit said through Paul. Christ embedded within us, is a heavenly treasure chest, and God wants everyone to know it. 
we see here that God looks to his people, the church, to show forth this heavenly treasure he placed within us through the new birth. What an awesome responsibility we have and what a privilege for the believer. Now, it is though possible for a born-again believer to live and die without ever releasing this treasure and without ever showing up on the world stage. It was Dr. Miles Monroe who said many times that the richest places on the earth are the cemeteries. They are filled with people, he said, who lived and died without living the life God intended for them to live. They went to the grave without ever showing up or releasing the true greatness. It is sad, isn't it? But nevertheless true. Books that were never written, songs that were never sung, inventions that were never discovered, and lives that were never lived. God's purpose for your life and mine is that the greatness He placed within us would find expression and release so that that, each, that which is within us is released into this physical, natural world in order to bring life and healing to a dying world. This would never happen, though, unless the outer man is humbled and broken. And this brokenness can only take place as God takes us through a process. And we will deal with the process next Sunday. This is what we will be discussing throughout this seminar as we define authentic greatness from God's perspective. Jesus said in John 15 and verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. He also went on to say, The works that I do, you shall also do, and greater works than these you will do, because I go to my Father. Here we see that God desires for each and every one of us to see greatness displayed, expressed, and released through us governing and influencing every sphere of life in our society. And this is how the kingdom of God, of course, is extended and established on the earth. As we walk with the Lord in the Spirit, the goodness of God and the greatness of His Son is released through us in our spheres of influence and touching the lives of people bringing wholeness and restoration. Now let's take a few moments and define what greatness is from God's point of view. What does God consider true greatness in a person? God's definition of greatness is not uh, as the world's definition. For example, 
The world defines great someone who has looks and talent and manages to achieve great things for himself and by himself. God's definition of greatness is different. Greatness in the eyes of the Lord, according to Scripture, is measured by our ability to inspire and influence others towards God and His purposes. That's true greatness in the eyes of the Lord. God measures the greatness of a person's life by the content of their character and by how well they serve those whom God has given them to serve. Mother Teresa once said, One of the greatest diseases in the world is being nobody to anybody. Greatness, therefore, is not measured by talent or duration, but by donation. It is found in what you do for others while you live your life here on earth, exercising your God-given authority through your life's assignment. John the Baptist, for example, the scripture says he became great in the eyes of the Lord because his life and ministry turned many of the children of Israel back to the Lord their God. Listen to how scripture defines greatness in relation to John the Baptist. Speaking of John the Baptist, the Word of God says, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Therefore, we conclude that the ability to influence others towards God and His purposes is called greatness. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says, those who lead many people to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. You don't have to be a preacher to influence someone to turn to God. All you need to do is live a godly life and give them an example to imitate and follow. Jesus' teaching on the subject of greatness says the following in Matthew 20 verse 25. You know, he says, that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. You see here, Jesus measures the greatness of a person's life by his servant heart. That's true greatness in the eyes of the Lord. What you do for others, how well you serve them beginning with your own family, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, and then you begin to extend that influence toward others that are within your sphere 
of influence. Let's look at also the essence of true greatness. The essence of greatness is authenticity. In order to achieve greatness in the eyes of the Lord, one has to be authentic. The word authentic means to be real. One who is genuine, original, or another word is authorized. The opposite of authentic is fake, false, unreal, or unauthorized. Therefore, the essence of every person's greatness is found in their authenticity. Authenticity is found in your God-given authority, meaning being who God created you to be and doing what God gifted and created you to do. That is an authentic person. It is being comfortable with who you are, with yourself, and the way God made you. You're not trying to become what you are not, or you're not trying to be someone else. So we need to come to a place in our attitude where we do not only accept ourselves the way God made us, but we actually like ourselves in the Lord. We don't have a problem with ourselves. Science tells us that the most unhappy and depressed people in the world are those who are at war with themselves. They hate themselves. They wish there were someone else. They don't love themselves. John the Baptist, the scripture says, was an original. He was an original man. And far from being a copy or an echo of someone else's voice or someone else's ministry. He was unique as a person in every sense of the word. Even in his diet, he was unique. The Bible says all he ate was locusts and wild honey. He was unique in his appearance and in his message. In other words, he was very comfortable with himself. He said when he was asked, who are you? His answer was, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. That, of course, was his assignment from God and his life's purpose. His entire life and ministry was dedicated to preparing people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. That was his entire ministry. He lived for it, and he didn't try to become who he was not, but he found himself in the scriptures, and he gave himself to the will of God. You see, John the Baptist, he was an authentic and a genuine person in the multitude of hypocrites and copies. When people come to terms with who they are in Christ, I believe, and what they are called to do, they become very influential in leading others to God and His purposes. Their lives always touch others without an effort. 
and they impart to them a fragrance that is unique and a fragrance that is genuine. That's an authentic person. I watched a number of years ago, I was visiting in the United States and I happened to stay at the Hampton Inn. And I watched an individual do her work at the Hampton Inn where I was staying. And I say to myself, here is an authentic person loving who she is and what she does. She was serving tables, but she did it in such a way that there was a fragrance and a light shone around her and on her face. There was an attractiveness about her in her spirit, and she was changing the very atmosphere around her by her attitude and by the manner in which she was serving people. That is an authentic person. Here is another definition of greatness. Greatness is found in what you are authorized to do in the Lord. I'm going to say that again because once you grasp that, it's very powerful. Greatness is found in what you are authorized to do in the Lord. God has given to every person in Christ a unique and an authentic voice of authority in the generation. There's nothing worse than going to an unauthorized person. For example, your car breaks down, you need a mechanic. You need to take your car or your vehicle to an authorized dealer who knows what he's doing when it comes to fixing your car. You don't want an unauthorized person to mess around with your expensive car. When you need to go to a dentist or a, or a, or a, or a physician or a doctor, you need to make sure that that person is authorized to function in that field. You don't go to an unauthorized person. Amen? To someone down the road. So it's important that you need to discover your own authority. What did God authorize you to do when he created you? Some folks are authorized to be in business. Other folks are authorized to be uh, preachers and teachers. Others are authorized to be nurses. Others are authorized to be school teachers. You need to find your own authority. When you find your own authority, then you begin to function in the eyes of the Lord as a great person. That authority that God has given to each one of us is exercised through different ways, depending on the person's calling, on the person's gifting, on the person's anointing, and of course in his natural abilities. Those who come to Christ and into their own authority find their true voice in the Lord as they begin to exercise their authority in the sphere of influence, you see that lives are being touched, lives are being blessed through them in, in every sphere of society because they are authorized to do what they are doing. 
It is a sheer joy, I believe, and pleasure watching someone do what they were born to do and live the life they were intended to live. I believe it's like a song that is being sung by the most talented singer or a poem read by the most gifted and talented reader that blesses other hearts and turns them towards God. That is the essence of true greatness, finding our own authority in the Lord. And of course, the temptation is always present to become someone else rather than who we really are or who God has called us to be. And that temptation will always be there, especially if we are ignorant of our identity in Christ. To lose ourselves and become what others want us to be, or to follow a path that is not our own, is very common even among Christians. The pressure from outside, sometimes pressure from parents, sometimes pressure from the society around us, the tendency to measure ourselves against others and their achievements is always present but very foolish. If we are to find our voice and genuine authority in the Lord, I believe we must resist the temptation of becoming someone else and pursue God in such a way that we discover the unique path He has set for each one of us and become one with the dream the Lord has placed in our hearts. You see, I believe that Satan is terrified of authentic people. And he will try to do everything he can get, he can do to get you off course. So many of God's dear children get lost along the way, either through distractions, disobedience sometimes through pressure, or even the fear of man. The fear of man, the Bible says, brings a snare. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man, if not overcome, will keep us from being, uh, keep us being man-pleasers rather than God-pleasers. I recall my own process of discovery discovering my own authority in the Lord. Amidst the pressure from my family and relatives to choose another path than the one the Lord was preparing for me. All of the members of my family were in business, both in Zimbabwe and in South Africa. My father-in-law even offered to set me up in business here in South Africa at his own expense. The temptation was great. But what enabled me to hold on, despite the fierce pressure and the persecution, was the living Word of God. I found myself in the Scriptures. And that's where you and I need to find ourselves. The Bible says that God has written a book about your life. And every single day, was written in that book before you were even born. Can you imagine that? God knew you. God predestined you. You're not an accident. 
and God wrote a book about you. You got to find yourself in his book. Unless you find yourself in that book, then you, you're going to experiment rather than living the life that God destined for you. I was reading the scriptures one day, early when I got born again, I was in prayer and, and I was meditating and reading the word and I came across these verses from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 76 through to 79. Now these verses were referring to John the Baptist. But when I read these verses, the Holy Spirit applied them to me, to my life, to my destiny, to my heart. It read like this, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. When I read those words, they became alive. They jumped out of the page. And it was like the Spirit took hold of these words and printed them on my inner man, deep down in my heart. And from that day onwards, I knew that I knew where I would eventually end up. Remember, I was not always a preacher. I was a businessman, minding my own business. But these words changed the course of my life and my destiny. So finding our own authority in the Lord, and eventually stepping into it, we need to remember that it is a process and not an instant discovery. I mean, you don't step into that purpose overnight. God takes us through a process. The first thing that God does, He gives us a promise that is just for you, a word from God. Then comes the process in which God takes us through in order to refine us and make us fit for the promise. And finally comes the promotion or the fulfillment of what God promised us. And that could take years, not months. Amen? The process God takes us through has to do with renewing our minds in order to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen to what Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Unless a believer goes through a process of renewing his mind with God's thoughts, as we read, as we study, as we meditate the Word, as we find out how God thinks, you will never discover 
that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is, of course, a general will of God for everyone. For example, it is the will of God that we are that we are made holy. It is the will of God that, that we give thanks in everything. But there is a personal uh, path that you and I need to discover for ourselves. It's a unique path. And as I said, some of us are authorized to do various things in life. Some of us are authorized to be engineers. Others are authorized to be physicians. It depends on your gifting, on your calling, and what God made you to be. And when you find that authority or your calling, it's like your hobby. You, 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 you work with it, and it's such a pleasure. There's no effort, there's no striving, there's no sweating, because you're doing what you have been gifted and graced to do. Amen? So the greatness within us can only be released or manifest on the outside as we go through this process of renewing our minds. And it's my personal conviction today that the greatest need of the church is a renewed mind. A mind that's been transformed and has learned to think the way God thinks. You see, a renewed mind understands God. So when God speaks, it's not a foreign language. The person with a renewed mind immediately understands the language of God. And the renewed mind knows God's ways. It understands who you are in Him, where you're supposed to be, and what God has assigned you to do. Amen. I'm going to end the lesson today here, and next Sunday we're going to go through the process, very important, the process that God takes each and every person whom he has called into his kingdom in order to perfect that good work that he began in us. And that process sometimes can be painful. It is, it is a period of training. It is a period of discipline. It is a period of learning to submit, to submit to God, to submit to His authorities. It is a period where we learn to hear the voice of God as we obey Him and, and, and walk in His ways. So next week we will deal with the process that God takes us through in order to release our authority in this visible world. Amen. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you that you have a purpose for each and every single one of us. You have plans. You have dreams. And just like a natural father has wonderful dreams for his children and grandchildren, even so you, Lord, have dreams for each one of your beloved ones. May you reveal those dreams, those plans, for they are higher than our plans and our dreams. May your people begin to seek you fervently, diligently, so that you may reward them by revealing yourself to them and revealing your purpose for each and every one of us. We thank you for our spiritual household. 
We thank you for your divine and invisible protection over our families, over our children, our grandchildren. Thank you for your faithful provision, dear Lord. And we give you thanks for your mercy and your grace that are new every morning. We return praise to you, our Father, because you alone are worthy. And we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.